Today's episode is brought to you by Geico. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. And I bet it can be hard work, but you know, what's easy bundling policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's insurance or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing too, because you already have so much to do around the house. Go to Geico.com, get a quote and see how much you could save. It's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. And we thank them for sponsoring today's podcast. Pardon the interruption, but I just wanted to tell you really quick about two of the best ways to support the Arn Show. One is to pick up a shirt from arnshirts.com, and the other is to grab a gimmick from boxagimmicks.com. It's the official store of the Arn Show. You not only support the show financially, but you get to show off your fandom to others, helping spread the word about one of your favorite podcasts. So check out arnshirts.com and boxagimmicks.com. And thank you for being a listener to the Arn Show. Hey, hey, it's Paulie B with the quick interruption. And I got to know, have you made the decision to finally take the plunge and improve your wrestling experience by signing up for ad-free shows? There's no better time to pull the trigger and take advantage of exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. Ask Conrad is just one of the many hot shows our listeners can't get enough of. How do I know that? Well, He's produced over 33 episodes, and the questions continue to roll in. From mortgage and financial advice to his thoughts on the wrestling business, he holds nothing back. Plus, every month you get a bonus episode. Just in the last few weeks, JR rewatched a classic television show from the UWF in 1986, and Arn Anderson relived his experience in the War Games match from 1996. By the way, We also recently released a very special event with Jeff Jarrett and Eric Bischoff as they watched Kenny Omega and Brian Danielson wrestle for the first time in 2009. Who else is going to give you these experiences from the Hall of Fame talent that ad-free shows does? And by the way, all this is available from the $29 tier and up. So stop delaying the inevitable. Take the plunge. Try it out for a month, and I guarantee you will not be disappointed. Anything is doable for a month. So sign up today and begin enjoying all the perks of your membership immediately over at adfreeshows.com. Hey, I want to take a time out right now to do a little hashtag humble brag. We just got a five-star review from our man, Andrew, up in Wisconsin. That's right, Wisconsin. I know what you're thinking. Hey, aren't you in Alabama? How are you helping people in Wisconsin? We're licensed in more than 40 states, so we can hook you up too. But don't take my word for it. Let's listen to Andrew's five-star review over at conradreviews.com. The best part of working with First Family Mortgage was the communication that started with the first phone call. From the start, Stephen gave me advice on getting my credit score up. Then Jimmy took it from there and was only a text message away on any question I had. The bottom line is you can't beat friendly customer service and excellent communication. I can't thank everyone at First Family enough. Our dream home is finally reality. Five-star service at its best. Yeah, you heard me right. He said our dream home is finally a reality. So if you're a renter and you're looking to buy a house, there's no better place to start than SaveWithConrad.com. If you already own your own home, but you're looking to pay it off faster and with cheaper monthly payments, you just can't beat SaveWithConrad.com. Maybe you've got credit card debt or a second mortgage, maybe even worse. You're in a 30 year loan. We can show you how to keep more of your own money and get rid of all that debt 
just like that at SaveWithConrad.com. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lender. Oh, and did I mention no house payments for two months? Find out how much money you can save for free at SaveWithConrad.com. Tell your landlord that uh, he's been future endeavored. Thanks to SaveWithConrad.com. Who shot you Separate the weak from the opposite. Leap hard to creep them Brooklyn streets. Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to Arn. And of course, we can't do it without the Hall of Famer, the founder of the Four Horsemen, the creator of the Spinebuster. He is double A. He is the enforcer. He is Arn Anderson. Arn, how are you, man? Mr. Thompson, how are you? Better than I deserve. Happier than a puppy with two Peters. We're talking about old Jim Crockett promotions, and boy, that just gets me excited. January of 86, here we come. We've got 85 in our rear view mirror. I'm seeing really strong feedback online. People love what we're doing. They love the old clips. They love us taking them back to their childhood, but 86, man, this is perhaps the biggest year in the history of JCP, right? Yeah. Things were really starting to come together. I had a great Christmas. Christmas week was incredible. Uh, the, the company was really starting to jail and, uh, man, it's just, you could just tell something was bubbling. That was special. And then you start the year hot, man, 14,000 fans are going to pack the Omni for fan appreciation day. All seats are $5 and boy, we send them home with something to talk about. It's dusty and the road warriors on one side, Ric Flair, our world champion. And of course the national tag team champions, Ole and Arn are all in a six man here. After the match, Rhodes is going to come off the top rope onto Ole's leg. And then he applies the figure four. And of course, eventually the ring ropes have to be removed. So Ole could be placed on a stretcher and taken backstage. So let's not forget. We set all this up uh, several months before when the horseman put hard times on dusty roads. And now it's turnabouts fair play. We talked about when you guys attacked dusty that it was as close to a riot as you had ever been in as dangerous as it could be for a performer, but now it's the other side, the shoes on the other foot. Now the baby face is doing it to the heel. What do you remember about this? It became pretty clear that a hundred fans weren't trying to save our ass. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair to say. Yeah. Yeah. It was a whole different shoe on a whole nother foot. Um, first of all, I guess I would just say that that would have been one of the first times that dusty and the road warriors had partnered. Yeah. I don't think it's the first time, but it was the attraction at the time. Yeah. Yeah. And I knew the people in the Omni as educated as they were knew it was payday. Oh yeah. For the horsemen. I don't think they imagined it was going to go to the extent that it did. You know, I didn't think you could hurt Ole Anderson, but man, those guys put it to us and put it to him. And it was poetic justice. And the storyline all came together that night. And it was going to lead a bunch of different places, obviously. But it was like 14,000 people in the Omni payday. Yep. They got what they wanted. 
such a big time happening anytime you're in the Omni. But once again, man, you find yourself in there with some of your boyhood idols. And I know we keep drilling this in every week, but you're still a young fella here. How old are you in, in January of 86? Well, I was born in 58. So, so you're, not, you're, you're not even 30 years old. No. And I'm still a rookie as far as wrestler years, starting in 82. Now we're in 86, four years. There's two ways to look at it. Four years either makes you still a, a rookie or when you've had 300 matches during those four years, you could, you know, be getting pretty close to figuring this thing out. And I think I was on the figuring this thing out end of it, right? Uh, all those reps and you learn something such a diverse crew that, that Jim Crockett had, you know, I, it was starting to be a, a comfortable feeling for me that no matter what the opponent, what the venue, what area of the country, what kind of stipulation on the match, I was starting to get a pretty good hold on it. Maybe you should have went to Geico. They make saving money easy and they can help you bundle some policies to do so over at Geico.com. It's, uh, it's pretty remarkable when you think that, you know, as a 27 year old, you know, here you are in the main event at the Omni with Ole and dusty. And of course the, the we're forgetting the freaking world champion. It's, it's something else. And, uh, it's just fun to see that through your eyes back then, but Hey, no rest for the weary. Uh, a couple of days later, you're in uh, Fredericksburg, Virginia for a show sponsored by the booster club, where it means this is a fundraiser. At the Stafford High School gym, it's Jimmy Valiant and yourself. We haven't spent a ton of time talking about Boogie Woogie, but in a fundraiser show like this, I assume you guys were having fun in that match. That's like a day off, right? Yeah, nobody was going to get superplexed out to the floor or anything yeah. of that nature. Uh, if if he would have tried it with me or I'd have tried it with him, it would have been the huge spider monkey cluster up on top rope. I can assure you, but we, uh, uh, we lean towards with boogie in the ring entertainment. That's what being flexible as a top heel allows you to do. You could have a slug fest with Wahoo McDaniels one night and then have a entertainment match with boogie the very next night. And then you, you started to figure, okay, you know, if I can figure this out on such a wide, diverse scale, you're getting there. Well, now it's time to talk about what happened. Uh, you're going to have a, a match on the six Oh five show. That's, uh, happening on the fourth It's matinee. Of course, you're going to have a match here with Kent Glover, but then afterwards it's a promo. Uh, it's, uh, a really an explanation of what's going on with Ole in the Omni. Let's take a listen to that whole clip. In the ring. Well, actually we'll skip the match. My apologies. Um, the promo afterwards is where we see a clip and, and we hear, well, maybe some damaging or some damning words from somebody that you haven't always gotten along with. Let's take a listen. He did it. Ringside World Heavyweight Champion Ric Flair and Arn Anderson want to have the National Tag Team Champions. We talked earlier about Ole Anderson. What has happened to him? Let you two guys talk you know, about it. Huh? As I said, you're, you keep your mouth shut. I'm going to go in and slap your face. 
You're not talking to Dusty Rhodes, brother. You're talking to a couple of men. Now get in here, Tony Schiavone. As I said earlier, the great Ole Anderson unable to be here today because of the fact he was maliciously attacked. He's hurt. And we want to roll a film right now showing the whole world exactly what kind of man they call the American dream. Here we go. The American. Here he is. Here he is in all his glory, hollering at me, me standing all by myself, me the great one, Art Anderson right there, both of us dealing, unable right now to think about anything except the leg on a great member of our family, Ole Anderson. But sure, he's going to stand there and challenge me, knowing that my mind and my heart are there with our cousin Ole. Now look at this, Tony Schiavone. You tell me right now that this great athlete deserves to suffer an injury like this. And you know what really disgusts me? There's about 16,000 people in the Omni laughing and hollering, thinking that's a real smooth operation. Now, I'm going to tell you people something as you watch this film. And I'm going to identify myself for all you fools out there that might not recognize the voice. The name is Ric Flair, they call me the world champion. For all of you out there that think that this is real cute and that Dusty Rhodes is a big dog now, you remember one thing. Arn Anderson and Ric Flair walk as tall as any two men alive today. And as I'm standing here right now, I'm making you a promise, I'm making myself a promise. We have made the rest of our family a promise. Dusty Rhodes will be back in the hospital within 90 days. I'm gonna break the silence right now. I'm tired of being polite. I'm tired of being polite to you. What you've just witnessed hits me right in the guts. You took a man, Dusty Rhodes, that helped raise me and before my very eyes with those two 300 pound road warriors riding shotgun, you have crippled him right before my very eyes. And for a man like me, that is an Anderson, that is inbred with Anderson blood, I can't accept it. And the thing that makes me sick, Tony Giovanni, is guys like you, Jim Crockett, David Crockett, he comes in the ring, Dusty Rhodes comes in the ring with a steel-toed boot, continuously kicks Ole Anderson in the leg. I've told you about that boot time and time again. You won't do anything about it. If that had been Ric Flair wearing it, if it had been me or Tully Blanchard wearing it, what would you have done? Fines, suspensions. Hey, I'm not taking you home. Oh my goodness, baby dolls out here. You take me home or not. I'm not here to say, Art Anderson, you are next. Oh, is that a play? Just wait a minute. Wait a minute, Tony. You're next. And I got news for you. When you get off Space Mountain, you'll be like this. Tony Giovanni, any intelligent human being knows that women were put on this earth. You understand? Dinner and make babies, and that's where the line is. We're right back. So baby doll comes out, points her finger in your face and says, you're next. And you and flair go nuts. This is great stuff. Couple of things we need to backtrack and cover. Inbred was the improper <laughs> terminology. <laughs> I was going to let that one go, but I'm glad you brought it back up.
our fans are too smart to let that one go. Yep. I misspoke. <laughs> I should have said infused with Anderson blood. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. That really didn't come across good, did it? But how about this? You know, listen, you're looking for heat and you got it. When you said women are only here to make dinner and babies. Boy, well, you couldn't get away with that one today, could you? In 86, that was heat, man. That was fun stuff. Oh, they really got out about that. I'm surprised that uh, yeah. Turner wasn't <laughs> picketed and thousands of letters coming in. Ooh, that was, that was a terrible insult. Certainly served the purpose. You know, the, the main thing that you got from that, besides the, the missteps, those two in particular that I made was panic rage. And there's always, you know, there's the baby faces truth. There's the heels truth. And then there's the real truth. The real truth is we had it coming, but we don't admit that, you know, we're all pointing the, the blame to dusty roads. Uh, it felt like poetic justice. It was, it was one of those nights where the good guy got all of that one. he just hit a grand slam. I, uh, I love that clip, man. Just. The idea that, you know, they got their revenge on you for something you guys did. And now you're appalled and you're promising he's going to be in the hospital. And then they send baby doll out, man. How fun was that? You're next. So let's listen to some other, some other promos from that same weekend, uh, from syndicated TV. This is from mid Atlantic. As with me right here, I tell you, these two have been a force in professional wrestling throughout 1985 and 1986. I think you're going to make more of an impact, Ole. Well, I watched that guy out here in that possum coat telling everybody what he's going to awesome. do to the possum. It might not have been a possum. Could have been just a rat coat. I'm not sure. But I'll tell you this. I listened to you talk a long time, Dusty Rhodes, and I haven't seen you do nothing yet. Not to the Andersons, anyway. Everybody else you might chase all over. You might even win a couple of now and then. But when it comes to the family, and I'm talking about Andersons, and I'm talking about Flair, you come up just a little bit short. As far as Tully, the rest of us, we're going to make 1986 the greatest year wrestling has ever seen. We're talking about NWA style. The only way it can be, NWA. You listen to it, you mark it down. Where the best there is, there ain't anybody any better. And right here, you're looking at the greatest tag team wrestling has ever seen. And you got a tape, Bob Collin, yeah, you're going to yeah, show. Yeah. I want to talk about That's one right. of the finest right. moments in the Minnesota Wrecking Crew and Ric Flair's whole life. As you see, if you want to run down our resume, you're talking about hurting people like this road, man. Just take a look at that, Bob Cottle. <laughs> yeah, I did it. You're exactly right. I did it. But Bob Cottle, he deserved it just like anybody else. You want to run the Anderson's re resume down? You start with Magnum T.A. Scrub his face all in the carpet. You talk about Dusty Rhodes' broke leg, smacking Manny Fernandez in the chair, in the head with a chair. It's just one small moment. Right, wait, wait, wait. Let's, let's look at that. We can go back and look at that in slow motion. I'm Art. proud Watch of it. Here. I'm yeah, proud of it. Riffraff is what we're doing. Hey, let me tell you something, Bob Cottle. The Andersons are strictly Anglo-Saxon, and any half-breed that gets smacked in the head with a chair, we don't care. You shouldn't care. I don't care about it. We enjoy it. The bottom line is we hurt people. 
We're financially set in life. Now we just take the time to hurt a few people. Here's what I like. Dusty Rhodes always talking about hurting somebody. So far, he's the only one I know that comes up with a bad leg or a partner that's got a gimpy arm or a friend who's got a busted rib. I tell you, Rhodes, you talk a lot. We haven't seen you do much. You come our way, we're going to finish you up. 1986, that's going to be the end for sure of Rhodes and all the rest of your bunch. All right, Ole and Arn Anderson, the Minnesota Wrecking Crew. In- hey, go to guyco.com, pass it on. So let's talk about that. We haven't spent any time talking about this before really on the show, but the 605 show would be airing the same weekend as some of these syndicated shows. But because of the way just technology and, and the mail and, and, and delivery services were at the time, the syndicated shows would sometimes be a little behind what you're seeing on the main show. So that same weekend, we're seeing you talking about how Ole Anderson's been taken out. But if we watch the syndicated show the same weekend, well, there he is. How confusing do you think that was to the fans at the time? I think pretty confusing. Yeah. You know, as we go back and, and mistakes that we see, like, you know, misspeaking and things like that, it was, it was one of those situations that you needed to have it in order if you could, but sometimes, you know, TVs would be two weeks behind and you would try to keep up with it. It was a, uh, if there would have been a fix, don't you think somebody would have figured out a way to fix it? Oh, for it sure. All, all on the same, you know, kill and everything happening. Uh, and I think the fans were smart enough that in time they started to figure out, okay, this is a couple of weeks ago. So it's got, the TV has got to catch up, but it, yeah, it can be very confusing. Well, let's talk about uh, what happens on January 4th. We're in Greensboro, North Carolina, and that's where we do the NWA television tournament. Uh, so in the quarterfinals, we've got Telly Blanchard pinning Ron Bass. We've got Arn Anderson pinning uh, Boogie Woogie. We got Black Part fighting uh, Animal to a double count out. Then we've got uh, Wahoo McDaniel pinning the Barbarian. Then Arn is going to pin Ron Garvin. Of course, he has uh, a little bit of uh, help from Tully Blanchard offering a distraction. And then Wahoo's going to defeat Tully. Uh, and then it's time for our finals. It's Arn and Wahoo. What do you remember about this special night in Greensboro, January 4th, 1986, you finally become television champion for real, no longer possession is nine tenths of the law, but you've actually won the doggone thing against another legend. You grew up watching Wahoo McDaniel in Greensboro, which was really, you know, like your Madison square garden of Jim Crockett promotions. Well, it was validation that everything that I had said the previous weeks and months, you know, was true, even though it was all bullshit. I was, I was just a guy that had, you know, stole the belt and never let it out of my eyes, eyesight. Um, and that was heat on a large scale. You know, you would hear every single night, you're not the TV champion, da, 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 da. And I think, when the audience saw it come down to that uh, final match with Wahoo, I think they realized, oh, no, God, he may pull this off. This now may become a reality. And um, Brother Wahoo had a knack for making you earn everything you got. 
and it was physical. He would chop with those big, thick hands of his, man. He would chop the crap out of you. And uh, if he hit you across the nose, I mean, Wahoo's chops would land anywhere from here to here, and it just depended on how bad his shoulder was that day and how high he could get it. I don't know that he could even aim it at that point, but he could still hit hard, and he did. And in a place like Greensboro, which is no better wrestling city in the world, I don't know what it would be. Maybe Chicago's on that on that level, but they're dealing with mass population. So who knows? But anyway, it was a validation of, of all that hard work I'd put in. And now it was mine and somebody really did have to beat me to, to get it to that being the TV title. Well, let's talk about, uh, or let's play some clips from that TV title tournament. This is from worldwide that aired on January 11th. And I believe, uh, we're going to hear from you as well. Let's, uh, let's play the clip here. All right, ladies and gentlemen, with me, one half of the national tag team champions, Iron Anderson. And again, the new world's television champion. I have to congratulate him on this because you have to respect a man that went through a tournament with all the top wrestlers in the world and came up the winner. Amen. You finally admitted it, didn't you, David Crockett? You know, everybody is always growing up. They're always wanting to be somebody. I wish I was so-and-so. I wish I was so-and-so. Well, at this particular point in time, I'm ecstatic just to be me. I think you've got a tape of the tournament. I'd really like to see that, David Crockett. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's watch some of the tournament for the world's television title that Iron Anderson won. They're showing clips here to this music and I don't know, it feels like it's a Beverly Hills cop scene. It's hilarious. <laughs> but I noticed when you're doing the promo, you're wearing the TV title, you're holding the national title, tag team title. And, uh, you've got your fedora. Like you like it. Why'd you decide to bring the fedora back? Celebration. <laughs> Celebration of business of life and of those are only a few guys around can pull off the fedora again. You know what I mean? Oh, I'm not arguing that. I mean, I think you might be literally the only one. I was looking way too good. Go ahead. It's okay. It's we can tell the truth. I'm not arguing. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, was there yeah. ever any decision, um, about, Hey, which belt do I wear and which belt do I just carry? Cause you, you strap that TV title around and carry the national tag. Oh, the package is coming in. Let's listen. Let's some of the tournament for the world's television title. In the immortal words of Julius Caesar, Caesar, I came I saw, I conquered, despite all the adversity between Jim Crockett Promotions, the four horsemen have prevailed once again. We are saturated with titles. Now, now what's, going I want you to what's going on here, David Crockett? You got me? Uh, what's like Fuck Rilla doing out here on my interview time? What are you doing out here? Arn Anderson, you are next. Do what? <laughs> hey, hey, David Crockett. Hey, we go to ring. He's making babies. So she, once again, now on the syndicated show, baby doll visits you, says you're next and you hit your, uh, making babies and making dinner line. 
Great stuff, man. What were you going to say there? Got to make clear up a couple of things. Now I had that conversation with Caesar right outside Rome in a little pub. I remember that. I saw it in the dirt sheets. Just so you know, you know, clarify that up. He doesn't make appearances that many places, but we had that conversation and baby doll came out. And once again, you know, I think she knew that I was afraid of her. She could get away with that because brother, she was strong as an ox and athletic, which most people didn't get a chance to see. But, uh, you know, when she came out and delivered a message, you know, I gave her the slap in the face back, but I think she knew, okay, well, you'll pay for that one somewhere down the line. And I'm sure I did. It's, uh, it's a great time in Jim Crockett promotions because we've got, you know, this whole dusty and baby doll and horseman thing kicking off in a big way. And, uh, your old pal, your, your, your storyline cousin here, Rick Flair has got some things to say, I think on that same episode of worldwide, let's take a listen. Ladies and gentlemen, with me, the world heavyweight champion, Ric Flair. With and one, you, let me do wait it. A right. With you, David Crockett, the world heavyweight champion, Ric Flair, the world television champion, Arn Anderson, and one half of the national tag team champions, Arn Anderson. In other words, what you have out here Only is an arsenal Only if these guys defend it in 30 days. An arsenal of talent. How do you know that I won't take that other belt and put it around my waist, and whoever has to wrestle us will be wrestling two world champions. Don't worry about him defending that belt. Worry about having to write the check for paying us the night we wrestle anybody in the world. You're awful cocky, both of you. But I just want to ask you one question. Where is your brother? How long have you known only Anderson? Hey, don't get cocky with me. Where is he? I'll tell you where he is. What happened to him, guys? Let's show the fans exactly where he is. I'll tell you where he is. He's home right now with a broken leg. Thanks to your man. To the man you call the greatest of them all. You and Jeff Parker promotions condone. Got around. Four Why did he have to wear it? Four Why percent. did he have to wear it? What did you guys do? David Parker, I stomped my toe when I was five years old. It's recovered. Here's a, here's a foot. It's been three months. He's recovered. He don't need to boot. Matter of fact, I'm going to get proof of that to satisfy you. And Let's get to it right now. You've got the Road Warriors. Two 300-pound gorillas holding Ole's leg while Dusty Rhodes comes off the top rope in a malicious attempt to disable and cripple one of the greatest athletes in professional wrestling. All right, watch it now. Again, again, Dusty comes off right on that leg. You sound excited. Are you enjoying this, David Crockett? Are you enjoying seeing an athlete's career possibly ruined? That's what you guys did, right? The punchline is, David Crockett, you think Ole's gone for good. Dusty hopes and prays he's gone for good. As you see right there, the most vicious, malicious attack there's ever been came on the royal family. And that includes Ric Flair, Ole Anderson, Arn Anderson, and Tully Blanchard, his family. Now, when you attack part of our family, the horrification is going to be said, you, <laughs> I don't even want to discuss it because I don't want you to have to imagine it. David, we go back some 10 plus years now. And I'm going to let you know right up front 
I'm going to let your brother know right up front. And somewhere out there, Dusty Rhodes hears this. What he's done to a member of our family is going to cost him and anybody that allies himself with him their wrestling career. You're talking to Ric Flair, the world heavyweight wrestling champion, Arn Anderson, the world television champion. We're telling you that Dusty Rhodes, Magnum TA, anybody on Dusty Rhodes' side right now is going to get hurt very badly. Learn to live with it because it's going to happen. We'll be back right after this. You know what time it is. It's time to talk about our friend, Steven Singer. Now, not many people know this, but our old pal Steven started out as a jewelry and diamond wholesaler selling nationally to other jewelry stores. So why did Steven Singer open his own store? Steven saw other jewelers focusing on the wrong things. The jewelry business was about playing cheesy pricing games just to make a buck. Mr. Singer wanted to help people celebrate love with diamonds. Steven never wanted to be in the jewelry business. You heard right. Steven Singer is in the love business. Steven Singer Jewelers is the love store. No, not the sex toys and jelly type of love store. It's the place to buy real diamond jewelry for your real love. Steven Singer has been in the love business for over four decades because he knew he could deliver better quality jewelry at a much better price and treat people like friends, not paychecks. So there's no gotchas. There's no sales. There's no hassle. Just easy and fun. The smartest way to buy jewelry and diamonds for the moments that mattered most. Real diamonds from a real jeweler you can trust. Call, chat, text, Zoom, or visit his showroom. Or just check him out online at IHateStevenSinger.com. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. One more time, say it with me, IHateStevenSinger.com. A very serious tone from Ric Flair. He's not facing the camera. He's not hot-dogging. He's not raising his voice. He's lowered his voice. He's turned his back to the camera. He's facing David Crockett. He's got his finger in his face. Everyone watching at home understands it's Jim Crockett promotions and it's the Crockett family. And that's been alluded to many times. So it almost feels like this is a real warning. Hey, as a heads up, quote unquote, boss, I'm about to ruin one of the other guys on your team. One of your other staff members, if you will, one of your other ball players, your star player. It was a cool promo, man. I love this stuff. You're starting to feel things, which is exactly what I was going to say. I was going to comment. You're starting to feel things now from a performer standpoint, Conrad. You're not just a fan anymore. You're starting to see the simplicity of an angle. And, and it really was a simple concept. We broke a guy's leg. He came back with a protective boot. That was, could be very legitimate. It's like when a guy blows his knee out, he comes back with a knee brace and nobody says anything about it. They know he needs it. Yeah. Because of the injury. So now the fact that dusty was taking that loaded boot and putting poetic justice where it belonged on all of us with the situation we caused, you know, it's a great irony, it, you know, and it made the fans feel good. And when Rick brought it down. He almost stepped into the Ole Anderson role, but in his own way. He he wasn't screaming. He wasn't throwing his four hundred dollar loafers in the crowd. Right. He wasn't have that you know sitting there screaming with spit flying out of his face and that vein in his neck. He brought it down to a level and just said, you know, if you're going to make this bed, you're going to lie, and it's going to cost Dusty and everybody affiliated with Dusty you know, something serious and it became serious, you know, and that, 
that's one of those probably Ric Flair promos that no one's going to say it was the greatest promo Rick ever did. But you and I know that made people at home go, Ooh, wait a minute. Yeah. I haven't heard that, that tone before. Of course, once you're the television champion and you win that in Greensboro on the fourth, the next day you're in Asheville, North Carolina, and it's us champion versus TV champion Magnum TA versus Arn Anderson. Of course, we know tragedy is going to strike just about 10 months later, uh, but you got 2,500 fans here in Nashville and I hear Magnum calling in the background, uh, the next day, <laughs> seriously, that night, it's a double shot. You're in Charlotte at the Coliseum. You're the TV champ working with Don Carnoodle. On the seventh, you're going to be working with Tommy Zane for a TV taping. Uh, that's going to air on worldwide on the 11th. And that day you cut a promo that we're going to take a listen to now. First of all, I guess what needs to be said by me is congratulations. You are the world television champion. You won the tournament. You're also one half of the national tag team champion. However, you do realize though, that you have 30 days to defend that national tag team title belt. I know you want to talk about this first, but keep that in mind. First things first, for once in your life, I'm glad you finally called a spade a spade and admitted that I am, and I know it's making you sick, David Crockett, the fact that I am the world television champion. I am half of the national tag team champions. There is some speculation running around, however, that an injury to Ole Anderson at the hands of Dusty Rhodes that he won't be back in time to defend these tag titles. The information that we have received that well, he may never return to wrestling. Family, who you think's got the proper information? I talk to him on the phone every day. How long you known Ole Anderson? He will be back for the 30-day period. We'll defend these titles and we'll hang on to them all we want to. Now then, point number two. Today starts the mark of a new era. There's going to be a TV champion getting that ring every show, every week, and defend that title. The first title defense is today, and I'm gonna show you what a television champion is. I'm not gonna be like Dusty Rhodes and sit back here in the wings and come out here and tell people what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do it, and I'm, that's all starts today, Tony Giovanni. It has been your pleasure, and just remember one thing. Ric Flair, Tully Blanchard, Ole, you're at home watching. We are the four horsemen period and what it boils down to, you're either a world champion or you're not. That's that, it's been your pleasure. Arn Anderson, he is now the NWA world television champion. Let's go to the ring. It's been your pleasure. A new t-shirt <laughs> at boxinggimmicks.com. <laughs> I used to love when you would end promos like that, man. Uh, are you like coming up with that as you're making trips down the road or where does some of that stuff come from? You betcha. I'm just, I'm a smart ass. You know that. Sure. I always have been one, you know, I was cutting promos, uh, you know, on my buddies in the car when we were 17, 18 years old. And it's, you know, if you could end it in a different way, you know, something really smart ass, you know, do it. And, uh, I love promos. Uh, you know, it's a way to get your, your personality across way to make people like you, dislike you, whatever you want to do. Promos are the key because until the, the audience cares about the character one way or the other, you're just a guy out there tumbling. Sometimes it's good tumbling. Sometimes it's not. The key is let the audience know who and what you're all about. Do you own your home? Go to Geico.com. Do you rent your home? Go to Geico.com. Do you have a car? Go to Geico.com. Want to save some money? Go to Geico.com. Well, uh, baby doll's got some words to say on that same episode of uh, world championship wrestling, January 11th. Let's take a listen. 
Okay, fans, back with you on World Championship Wrestling. My pleasure to have Baby Doll out here. Dusty Rhodes' personal, along with a national heavyweight title belt. That's right. Last week I came out here and I took up a little bit of Arn Anderson's time and I told him a special message. Well, I'm out here now because Arn Anderson said something at the end of that interview that said that women were only good for making dinner and making babies. Well, listen, darling, I certainly am out, not out here cooking and I certainly am not out here barefoot. But I'm out here with this message, and that was that you're next. And believe me, the cage match is set. Some bones of yours are going to be broken if Dusty Rhodes or myself have anything to do with it. All right, message from Baby Doll. And, uh, of course, we're not done. There's going to be uh, another Baby Doll appearance. You're going to main event. You're going to go on last that episode of World Championship Wrestling on the 605 show, January 11th. You'll be in action against Jim Jeffers. But then there's a bit of a confrontation. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is for the world's television championship. The challenger, Jim Jeffers. It's for the title. Do you like the old, uh, the ability to yell back to the announcers? I mean, the studio wrestling concept of here's the backdrop. Here's the podium. Here's sort of the talking heads. We're going to have a match a few feet from you so I can talk my trash, then climb in the ring, even talk a little trash to the announcers from the ring. And then after the match, just slide back over and sum it all up. Did you like that? Or do you think that's just from a bygone era? Could it work today? Loved it. I loved it because it puts you on a personal level. You know, there was probably only maybe hundred fans at television taping. Probably less. Yeah maybe 50 yeah. who knows but buddy when you picked one guy out or one young lady out or one old timer out and you started picking on them they got loud and it and it sounded different because it wasn't the roar of thousands of people it was individual voices let's listen to baby doll talking trash all right dave that's right you heard baby doll so baby doll's at the podium you just saw her baby doll he knows you're here now yes Should have taken better advantage of that situation since Arnold seemed to make his uh, attention known otherwise. Goes down for the pin. He's got it, but he's looking over here at Baby Doll here. Oh, oh, minute. Baby Doll. Arn Anderson, the world television champion. Here's your title. You want it? Oh, no, Baby Doll. Yeah, that's what you think. Not for Since when does Dusty Rhodes have to have a woman do his talking for him? Dusty Rose doesn't have to have me do anything for him. The last thing I need on my interview time is a painted lady telling me anything. Where's Rose? Uh, Listen, I don't have to do anything, you. Rose, but maybe you better look behind you. There he is. Hey, he wanted him. You want him. You say, where he is? He's right there. If you're man enough, go get him.
see it next week on world championship wrestling. So what a way to go off the show. She comes out to distract you in your match. It's not successful. You pick up the win. You call her a painted lady, talk trash about dusty roads, not being man enough. And then he appears in the ring behind you. You're, uh, surprised miffed tease. You're going to get in there. The fans are ready for it. And at the last second, you take a powder, you damn chicken shit, heal you. This is good. Classic stuff, man. Yes. Ain't it? It is. It's what, you, it's what we call in the business tease. Yeah. Tease. Nobody got, got to anybody. They almost did. And you go back to your comment earlier, dusty without a microphone in his hand, just barking at me is real. Yes. The second you add a mic, it becomes TV production. Yeah. So, so I love the guys being able to scream at the fans and them scream back and scream at David Crockett and Tony from the ring. Even if you barely made it out, it didn't have to be perfect production. It just felt like something real was going on within the confines of a match. Uh, you're going to, uh, also uh, have an opportunity to cut some promos on the January 18th mid Atlantic show. That's the syndicated show. It would have been taped in Greenwood, South Carolina on January 13th. Uh, I believe there's actually a couple of promos here. Here's one. Welcome to Mid-Atlantic Championship Wrestling. Stay with us because we've got a good one for you. And right now we want to introduce this man beside us. No stranger to all you wrestling fans, Arn Anderson. But this is a new introduction for Arn as the new world television champion, Arn Anderson. Thank you, Bob. You know, Bob, since the beginning of time, any champion in any sport, if it was a true champion, had to overcome adversity. Now, I came out here once before and took this belt from Dusty Rhodes. But he snuck up behind me, busted me in the head with a chair. Jim Crockett Promotions did nothing about it. Jim Crockett did later come out here and throw his chest out and say, Arn, you don't deserve that belt. So we're going to have a tournament. And you're talking about overcoming adversity. That, on top of the fact that I had to beat Wahoo McDaniels, Ronnie Garvin, and Jimmy Vant, is the reason I can truly call myself the world television champion. No doubt about that, but I got to ask you about this because this is what all the wrestling world is buzzing about. That's your cousin Oli, his broken leg at the hands of Dusty Rhodes. And on what should be the happiest day of my life, I have to stand out here with mixed emotions because Dusty Rhodes with those two 300-pound road warriors did intentionally and maliciously ruin my cousin's leg on purpose. And nobody has even spanked his wrist. Now, can you tell me that? Explain that to me, Bob. No, I I can't. And and let me say, Arn, a little later on in this hour, fans, we're going to see that. We're going to watch it, Arn. We're going to see what happened later on. We're going to find. Go ahead. I want to see it later on. I got one road, one little word for you, though, Rhodes. This has only begun. You think a broke leg was bad. This has only started. Just remember, out of the four horsemen, Tully Blanchard, Ric Flair, myself, and Ole Anderson. There's still some serious comp- combinations that can be thrown together. Just think of that and just remember that. All right, the world's television champion fans, Arn Anderson. And now let's go to the ring as we're about ready for action. Intentiously. That's not a word. It is when you say it. Here's the thing. I'm friends with a pretty professional broadcaster, a radio legend in some circles. And he told me once. Conrad, if you say it on the air with confidence and some bass in your voice, people will question, have I been saying that word wrong all these years? 
because they assume since you've got a microphone, Hey, he knows what's going on and he's saying it on TV or he's saying it on the radio. That must be right. And they rethink the way they were saying it. So if I'm not careful, I'm going to run around in my real life saying not intentionally, <laughs> but intentionously. Cause you convinced me that was a word. How long have I been this guy's hero? Uh, a while, a while right? Yeah. Dave Silva's. Yes. Big Dave. Dave, Dave are you in, the, you in the background back there somewhere? <laughs> are you lurking? I know you want to hear this show. Come on, Dave. You dig it. Yeah, I guess he's 100% right. If you make a mistake, you know, in the ring, I advise guys, if you make a mistake, just keep going because there's only a couple people that know, you and your opponent, what it should have been. You know, I knew what I meant it to be. It didn't come out that way, but you could never tell that I didn't wasn't really confident in what I said was correct. The fans didn't know. I mean, that's the thing. They didn't know. So. Yeah, well, you know, you had to bring that up, didn't you? I'm just saying like, they don't know, you know, I'm saying if you mess up a match, right? Like if you mess up in a match, uh, and, and you had maybe laid it out in the back and you're going to do this and then I'm going to do that and you forget a sequence or, or miss a spot. How would we know if you keep you the wouldn't. match going, we wouldn't know. So yeah, to your point, keep going and we're going to keep okay. going here. Go I, I'm on your team. I agree. Thank you for noticing that, that it was the wrong word and I covered it. It was great. We didn't know. By the way, I, I am intentionously going to play this promo from what you and Flair as we continue our baby doll talk. This is from the 18th. Let me spell it for you. G E I C O.com. That's Geico.com. Ladies and gentlemen, with me now, Iron Anderson, who is the world's television champion and one half of the national tag team champions. How long? We're not sure about that one. David Crockett for Dusty Rose to have a broad come out here and do his talking for him tells me what kind of man he is. I've told you women were put on this earth to make dinner and make babies and not necessarily in that order. And, and baby doll, when you come out here on national television and tell me I'm next, if I'm next means what I think it is, I have never betted a 200-pound buffarilla in my life. And I'm not about to start now, so not a chance. Brother, I couldn't have said it better myself. You know, David, when we walk out the door of any building in the arena and people are booing and screaming and hollering, you know why that is? Because we got heat. They don't like us because we're the best there is. And if you don't believe we are, look on that shoulder, look in that hand, and look right here. Three of the most prestigious trophies and all of wrestling. And Ronnie Garvin, I don't care who you got buffaloed into thinking you're the man to beat Ric Flair, brother. You gotta climb a hill way, way, way earlier in the morning than you are right now, brother, to even jump on Ric Flair. Dusty Rhodes, oh, come on, Dusty, Dusty. Dusty Rhodes, you're not the world champion. Ric Flair is, and as far as you calling, Magnum TA, the boss. I'm as insulted as I've ever been in my life. How you can call a fly-by-night, nothing happening, punk, like Magnum, the boss, I'll never know. And Magnum, you, Garvin, Dusty, any of you want to find out who the real bosses are in this big bad business, jump on, Daddy. So we see you here. You got your sweater vest like you like it. 
got your white dress up, button up shirt underneath, got your shades on, of course, too cool for school, but you've all, you got a wedding ring and a pinky ring. What came first for you? The wedding ring or the pinky ring? Wedding ring. I had no money when we got married. So obviously after this thing started clicking and I knew it would, then I got the pinky ring. Now, I don't know about that sweater vest thing. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm not sure when I cut that promo about women making dinner and making babies, maybe you could reverse the order. Maybe you make a baby and then she makes dinner. That always is a good thing, isn't it? Well, I mean, you even said not necessarily in that order. So you knew what you were doing even back then. Yeah, you can sometimes rethink that thing. You know, a ham sandwich after a little bit of an interlude, it's a good thing. Roll title that. Uh, next up, we've got uh, a situation from World Championship Wrestling on June 18th. Uh, we're going to have uh, a little bit of America's team, jaw jacking with the horseman. Let's, uh, let me find that part, piece of our clip here and we'll take a listen. <laughs> we, uh, we should mention this is the era where Ron Garvin and Flair are getting into it, which led to some pretty funny promos at different times, but eventually it becomes a, a beat down on Mr. Garvin. So it was, it looks like Garvin might be getting the better of flair. Here comes the cavalry. Let's take a listen. They hold him. They've got him. Rick now starts to chuck on him. Right to the throat. Back and forth. Look at Rick. Look at Rick now. Taking that shoe off. Just humiliating. Here comes Sam. Dusty Rhodes is at ringside. Sometimes you've got to show them. They won't believe you. But you got to show them a picture is worth a thousand words. You look at him. Now you draw the conclusion if I can't knock him out, he's out. out. Look at him, the world's champion. Coming out here and bragging. I told you it was risky business. You messed with the dream. Magnum TA, Brody Garvin, still out. Sam Houston. And I'm going to tell you, we're ready. All right. The world champion is out. So it's a pivot, right? Let's talk about this for a minute. Uh, On TV, for at least a few weeks, Ronnie Garvin had been saying his goal, his New Year's resolution was was to become NWA world's champion because that meant you made more money, et cetera, et cetera. But it seemingly comes out of left field because Rick is seemingly on a, co- a collision course with Dusty Rhodes. But then Baby Doll's been saying, You're next. So maybe that means Flair does need an opponent. And Ronnie Garvin's been calling him out, saying, It's my New Year's resolution. I want to win the world title. And when they do have a skirmish, it looks like he's going to get the better of Rick. 
So here come you and Tully to make the save. And then the very moment that they even up the odds with, uh, dusty and Magnum and Sam Houston coming out, or maybe actually they have the advantage at that point, a big right hand from Ron Garvin sends Ric Flair flat of his back. The camera missed it, but it's going to be something you talk about for weeks after this, because the hands of stone went from being something that not to disparage anyone was positioned in the middle of the card. And now all of a sudden after one angle and one big moment like this, Ron Garvin is a real threat to Ric Flair's NWA world title. This is so well done here. Arn. what do you remember about this? Well, think about the layers, Sam Houston piling back in there made sense after our history with him. Yep. Right. So he got a rub yep. being involved in that, that crew. Ronnie Garvin got a dose of now the horseman concept was starting to fall into place. You jump on one of us, you jump on all of us. Yep. So you had that starting to, to take place. I don't think anybody thought Ronnie Garvin was going to knock out Ric Flair, but he did it and he did it with one punch. It wasn't yes, it a superplex is. out to the floor. It wasn't, uh, you know, a big uh, moonsault from the top rope. It was one punch. And in one day on one television show and one punch that became as big a weapon as there was in the industry because it knocked out the world champion. Now it became something. A lot of things got covered. It was a clever piece of, uh, of booking. It was a clever piece of television and a lot of people benefited from it. Things started to fall into place. Basically now I could go with dusty. Ron Garvin could go with Rick flair was about the TV title that Dusty and I had all that history with. If you start uncovering the layers, that was a clever piece of television. Really, really great stuff. Um, let's keep it going. We're going to hear from you and Tully on that same episode of world championship wrestling. Remember how easy it was in your twenties. You had so much energy. You could get away with the late night drive throughs. You could even pinch a uh, trouser tent at a moment's notice. Well, that's because you had plenty of testosterone and it's time to get it back. You could get testosterone injections, but that involves awkward doctor visits, expensive medical bills, and the worst part, once you opt for artificial testosterone, you will suppress your body's ability to naturally produce it even more. But isn't that the problem in the first place? Before considering that pharmaceutical option, there are ways you can naturally raise your testosterone. And one of the easiest ways is by using legacy test stack from legacy sports nutrition. Test X nine has nine key ingredients clinically proven to support natural testosterone production and T assist is designed to supercharge T boosting effects with added anti-estrogen compounds. Nick Aldis, the founder of legacy sports nutrition has been blown away by the feedback that customers have sent in after using the ultimate test stack guys are feeling stronger in the gym. They have more energy and guys in their late thirties have reported morning wood for the first time in years. One even reported becoming a father after four years of trying, no matter what you do, if you're a guy having optimum testosterone levels is the key to looking, feeling and performing better. Try the ultimate test stack today, and they're confident you'll love the results. Just go to LegacySups.com. That's LegacySups.com, L-E-G-A-C-Y-S-U-P-P-S.com. And the promo code is ARN to save 10% off your entire order. 
That's LegacySupps.com, L-E-G-A-C-Y-S-U-P-P-S.com. And the promo code is ARN to save 10% off your entire order. That's LegacySupps.com. And the promo code ARN will save you 10% off your entire order. And we thank Mr. Aldous for sponsoring today's podcast. Well, we have two very irate men out here along with another one, James J. Dillon. Cheap shot's what it was. Cheap shot and it took three or four of them to do it. Just like a pack of dogs, like a pack of wolves. Dusty Rhodes out here, Sam Houston out here, Ronnie Garvin out here trying to degrade the world heavyweight champion. How high can you get? He's a man, he's the place everybody wants to be and they're nipping, you know. The four horsemen of the Alliance are trying to pick you guys off. I can see what's happening. Well, i tell you what, you know, Tony Giovanni, there's no doubt that Garvin's got a fist of stone. But you know, you got Dusty Rhodes out here with that boot, right? That he doesn't have to wear. He doesn't have to wear it to kick people. Garvin's out here cheap-shotting people on their interview time, trying to knock him out and prove that they should be the world's heavyweight champion. Well, Garvin, you're not the man that can beat the man. And he's part of the four horsemen. Flair, the Anderson brothers, and Tully Blanchard on professional wrestling. And if you four want to come out and attack somebody or one of us, that's fine. Get in a squared circle and do it like men face to face. Eyeball to eyeball. Quit cheap shutting. Tony Schiavone, I take this as a personal insult and a personal attack on my family. Now, if somebody smacked one of your babies, put him in his stroller, and ran him off a mountain, would you take it personal? Well, this is my family I'm talking about. First there was Ole, now there's Flair. Nobody can tell me a man can punch that hard. Garvin had something in his hand, and now they're talking about cages. Just remember one thing. The four horsemen are still intact. You see two of us standing here, and Tully Blanchard is considered family and my family. You understand what I'm saying? There's going to be a rebuttal, and somebody, I'm talking about somebody, is going terminal over this. Ric Flair carried out of here. David Dragon got what's coming to him. I love that little exclamation point from Tully. David Crockett's got what's coming to him. Yeah, that was... uh... You know, that you could just feel that horseman thing. Again, it's starting to be mentioned a little more. JJ was a perfect fit yep. stepping into that spot. Everything was coming together. You could just, you could feel it. I think running a baby off a cliff and a baby stroller might have been a little strong, but maybe slipped that one in. Uh, that's the kind of stuff that people look at each other and go, did he just say that? Yeah, for real. That's Did shock he really value. just say that? Yeah. I can't, I can't believe it made it through. To be honest with you. January 17th, you got 8,500 fans in the Richmond Coliseum. It's you and Magnum. Magnum's going to pick up the win. Of course, that's U.S. champ versus TV champ. You're going to do comprehensive high school in York, South Carolina. Probably once again, a fundraiser. Manny and you going on last there. Do a matinee show the next day in Asheville, North Carolina. Uh, and then on the 19th, you're back in the Omni. So that night it's uh, a big time match in the main event. It's dusty Rhodes, your national heavyweight champion, taking on the NWA TV champ and national tag champ, Arn Anderson and a non-title steel cage, Texas death match. I know I keep beating the drum here, but you're going on last, you know, Garvin and flair were, were fighting for the world title right before you. But you're in a cage match that takes time to set up and you're wrestling dusty roads in the main event after the world title match at the Omni 10,000 fans in a steel cage, you're wearing gold and across from you, 
Dusty Rhodes is wearing gold. Dude, you got to be like pinching yourself as a 27-year-old here. I've arrived. Yeah, for real. That's what it kept going through my head. Well, and you know, the, the longest time and the time I really had chance to think about it was after that world title match and things settled down just a little bit with the crowd while they were putting the cage up, watching that cage go up. And I was watching every bit of it, the whole thing as they got closer to having it up. Maybe two sides were up. The fans started to rumble three sides up, rumble a little more. When that that cage finally got constructed and all the people that were constructing it left, you could just feel another pop. You could feel that drama just talking about it because they knew, okay, that guy's did his talking. They've done the four-on-one thing, the three-on-one thing. It's payday. And in those days, when you put a heel in a cage that had done the things that he had done to a baby face, it was payday. And somebody was going to do a lot of bleeding. And that was usually moi. <laughs> and that's pretty sure that's exactly what happened. And they left that Omni with me laying there bloody, Dusty Road celebrating. Can't imagine anything less than that happened. Let's hear from Dusty Rhodes. Uh, he's got some uh, words for you on the Mid-Atlantic Syndicated show on January 25th. Let's take a listen. All right, fans, and this pair right here, the national tag team champion, the American Dream Dusty Rhodes, baby doll right here, Dusty. Yeah, it's not a shock anymore, Bob Cottle. Arn Anderson come out here and he's talking about can around the world's television title. Well, that's fine. You never beat Dusty Rhodes for the world's television title. I never lost the world's television title, Ian Edison. Remember that. And your cousin ain't coming back. Ain't coming back. And baby doll told you what was going to go down. Let me tell you something else, Ian Anderson. One of the three horsemen now, Tully Blanchard, Nature Boy, Ric Flair. You got the deal. You're talking about me and my morals and me and the way I feel about things being good and everything. I'm not that good any longer, except in certain situations, I'm real good. And Tully Blanchard, I found out something intimate about you recently. You're going to pay for putting your hands ever on my personal. You understand? Dolly told me. And one thing I know, you know, when Dolly rode off with Floyd, I remember one thing I said to myself, you know, Dolly must be a heck of a rider. Well, I found out she is a heck of a rider. So let me tell you all of the three horsemen, the national heavyweight title is here for you. Come and get it if you want. And Baby Doll told Ian Anderson how it's going to be. And she got something to say about it right now. That's right. Arn Anderson, from the very first day I met you, you degraded women. I mean, you didn't have a kind word about them from the time I knew you. You always thought that they had to be barefoot and pregnant and had to do anything you wanted them to. Well, that's not the case. I do what I want to. Dusty's here by my side. He's very supportive of me, and you're next. Oh, I like it. Dusty Rhodes. Here's a question from Conrad in Huntsville. He wants to know, how do you save money? 
Ah, you bundle your policies, both home and auto at geico.com. Duh. Man, how fun was Dusty? Right. He said so much without saying anything. Yeah. You know, I think he just said he had a steamy interlude with baby doll. Yeah. And he talked about, um, that she was a great ride (laughs) and a great rider, which is even more disturbing. There's a lot going on here. Yeah. You know, and let's just, let's just probably just not elaborate on it. I think we are close to hammering that nail, but I'm just trying to picture it. I, I don't think I want to let's listen to you from worldwide that same weekend, January 25th. Uh, you've got some things to say. All right, ladies and gentlemen, with me now, the world television champion, Iron Anderson. Well, David Crockett, I hope you're satisfied. That was Joseph Swanick, Dusty Rhodes' doctor, I might add, not my doctor. And what did he just tell you? Rhodes does not need to boot. I don't think he ever needed to boot, but the fact is, and the fact remains, he no longer needs it. So the only way I can calculate, the only thing I can figure Common sense tells me he's using it as a weapon. He has broke Ole Anderson's leg. He has sent his stooge, his protege, his personal out here to tell me I'm next. Let me ask you something, David Crockett. If I came out here on national television, I had just broke a man's leg. I told you you were next. What would happen? I would be open for prosecution. That's got to be something like, uh, what would that qualify under the law? Verbal murder? Well, let me tell you something, Dusty Rhodes. I'm not going to put the law on you. We're under martial law, and it's every man for itself. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's go to the ring. Martial law. Dude, that's a good promo. It's not bad. Different. Martial law is a good one. Because that's kind of what was going on at the time, right? Yeah, absolutely. Especially <laughs> here in, in, uh, in Jim Crockett promotions. You guys do a TV taping on January 21st. It's you and Tully taking on Pez Watley and Rocky King. You're at Dorton Arena on the 22nd, fighting Manny Fernandez to a draw. On the 24th, you're up against Ron Garvin in the Norfolk Scope. On the 25th, you're doing TV, and we're going to play a clip of that because you do a promo, but you do team with Tully to take on Carnoodle and the Italian Stallion. That night, you're at the Coliseum in Greensboro, and it's kind of a big moment because Magnum pins you with a roll up around the 20 minute mark. But of course you're gloating afterwards because yeah, you may have lost the match, but you kept the title because the, uh, TV title was only on the line for the first 20 minutes. And of course he pins you just after that. I love that wrinkle. That's a great, uh, I guess the phrase is storytelling device. Do you remember that night in Greensboro where Fans have to be excited thinking, oh my God, he beat him. He's the, he's the TV champion. And then they're reminded, oh no, it happened after 20 minutes. So Arn retains. It was that concept was just starting to build and people understand it. They got caught up in the match at first and they weren't thinking, well, the TV title's only up for first 20. So if you went past that 20 minutes, they weren't. That wasn't on the forefront of, of their thought process. And then you would go ding, ding, ding. There's your winner. Boom, boom. But still 
world television champion, Arn Anderson. And the, it took a while for that to make the rounds. And we had to do it on TV a few times before everybody understood the conflict at about 17 minutes gone. Once we had it in place, people started to get rowdy because they smelled something running out of time. And you would construct a match to where, man, you had some near falls and some close ones. And, oh, God, there's two and a half he kicked out. And there was so much drama you could plug into a match just for the last couple of minutes. And it was great storytelling. And uh, when you had guys that could really go, the key was to, man, they had to have that. You had to look at that match and have that feeling of urgency on the baby face. I got to get this done in under 20. And it became an anomaly of itself. Well, uh, we're not done. Let's play a little bit of a promo from uh, world championship wrestling on January 25th. Uh, and then we'll wrap up the month of January, 1986 here. It's world championship wrestling because we have world champions with us. The world television champion. Also one half of the national tag team champions, Arn Anderson. We're going to talk about the national tag team title in just a minute, but you are the world television champion. I know what's on your mind. The American dream, Dusty Rhodes, and what we heard here last week about the boot that Dr. Joseph Aswanek said he doesn't need anymore. Well, the bottom line is, Tony Giovanni, I bump into people in bathrooms. I bump into them in malls, restaurants, and they all keep hollering. Dusty's going to break your leg. Dusty's going to do this. Dusty's going to do that. But if you'll get a shot of my legs, they're looking way too good, just like they always are. I'm still squatting 600 pounds. So Dusty has just done what everybody else likes to do. He likes to run his mouth about what he's going to do. And as far as the national tag team titles, you know Ole Anderson a long time, David Crockett. I know you have. I've known him my whole life. He will be back shortly, and we will go on being a national tag team champions. But the thing that has got me ecstatic is David Crockett, you indignant, overbearing, obnoxious individual. You have got a letter, and I want you to read it. Not you, Tony. I want David Crockett to read it. This gives me immense, immense gratification. Would you read that That's for me? Would you please read this for me? I'll read it. I'm beside myself. Listen to this, Dusty. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this letter is from the president of the National Wrestling Alliance, Bob Geiger. It's a very wordy letter. Matter of fact, it has 10 points to it. The gist of it is he is telling us that Dusty Rhodes can no longer wear the boot, the special boot, the steel-toed boot. He's saying that it is illegal for him to wear it now, that he must not. It's against the rules. They say his, his foot is healed. That is the said, ruling. That is the ruling. It's coming out of one of his best friend's mouth. So, Dusty, my friend, you can't wear that ball-peen hammer on your foot anymore. you got to go back to being a regular guy and rolling that ring, hey. compete with nothing but knee pads and regular wrestling boots, and there's nothing you or right. anybody Wait else can do Wait about it. The reason he had to put that boot on is because you and your brothers and, and cousin Ric Flair and, o, and Ole Anderson broke it, right? He had to wear it. He had to put the boot on as because he's gutless. He's gutless. He doesn't have the guts to get in there unless he's got a weapon because the horrification is burnt into his memory exactly what Flair and the Andersons did to him. I'm going to go back here and just elate in what's happening. Wait, wait, before you leave, I've got to say one more thing to you. All right? Remember, 
five more days, buddy. Five more days, like then I it's up for grabs. There's nothing you can do about this one. Five more days. Arn Anderson, he's the world television champion, but he has five more days, or like you said, David, That's right, his yeah. national tag team titles will be taken away by the NWA. Let's go back to the ring. Did you forget yet? Come on, Geico.com. So, of course, the storyline is Ole has had hard times put on him. You have to defend those titles once every 30 days, or you can no longer be champion. So that's looming, but boy, you're gloating in that great news that dusty Rhodes, that damn dirty cheater. He can't keep using that steel toe boot anymore. It was a, uh, it was a little margin of victory that you would gloat on. Uh, and we did. And the one thing that we always kept in the background, if you notice, it wasn't always just me hammering it. David Crockett would bring it up. Tony would bring it up. Those national tag titles, which, you know, on the surface was not a huge deal, but the longer we kept them and the longer we talked about them, the more of a big deal it became. So we were always good about using our interview time to, to mention possible opponents in the future opponents in the past. More importantly, we're still the champion. Don't forget about these tag titles. And, and I think that was just good use of, a, of several minutes and, uh, keeping the audience reminded it's uh it's a special time in Jim Crockett promotions. We've got storylines out the wazoo, as you said earlier, layer after layer after layer. And we'll continue to peel that onion as we talk about February next month or next week, rather here on the show. Uh, I do want to mention after that television taping, you found yourself in Greensboro. Uh, for that big match that we just talked about with Magnum TA, where they thought they saw a title change. Then we've got 2000 fans in Greenville, South Carolina. The next day, you and Manny are going to go to a 20 minute time limit draw. You'll pick up a win over Rocky King and some TV tapings in rock Hill on the 28th. And then on the 30th, your uh, next to last match of January here, you fight Manny to a draw. Uh, but unfortunately there's only 1200 fans in the crowd that day. Of course, that's going to change. Because on top, it's Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson taking on the Midnight Express, and that's going to become bananas business in, in 1986. Uh, your last match, though, of course, is January 31st. And once again, you find yourself in the main event, this time in Columbia against Dusty Rhodes. Title versus title, the national champion versus the TV champion. You got to be having the time of your life here, man, as we get ready for February of 86. Yeah, that's Aaron's birthday, the 31st of January. Well, how about that? So I was going to give somebody an ass whooping for Miss dedicated to Miss Lundy. No, that's <laughs> bull, bullshit. I was just going to send her to the mall with that gold card and let her wear it out. Because as usual, in those days, we were working on all the holidays. Including but, uh, wives' birthdays. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of. You know, my shoulder's aching today. Sorry about that. I know I'm moving around a lot, but it, as I'm hearing how much we worked in those days and all the travel involved, it still, it just reminds me, no wonder I'm sitting here all beat up. <laughs> Damn. Well, we're going to hope to uh, beat you up next week. Cause we talk about February, 1986 right here on Arn. You know what time it is. It's time to talk about our friend, Steven Singer. Now, not many people know this, but our old pal, Steven started out as a jewelry and diamond wholesaler selling nationally to other jewelry stores. 
So why did Steven Singer open his own store? Steven saw other jewelers focusing on the wrong things. The jewelry business was about playing cheesy pricing games just to make a buck. Mr. Singer wanted to help people celebrate love with diamonds. Steven never wanted to be in the jewelry business. You heard right. Steven Singer is in the love business. Steven Singer Jewelers is the love store. No, not the sex toys and jelly type of love store. It's the place to buy real diamond jewelry for your real love. Steven Singer has been in the love business for over four decades because he knew he could deliver better quality jewelry at a much better price and treat people like friends, not paychecks. So there's no gotchas. There's no sales. There's no hassle, just easy and fun. The smartest way to buy jewelry and diamonds for the moments that mattered most real diamonds from a real jeweler. You can trust call chat, text, zoom, or visit his showroom, or just check them out online at IHateStevenSinger.com. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. One more time. Say it with me. IHateStevenSinger.com. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.